Predictions are dangerous. We absolutely need more inventory. The Fed doesn't actually have a lot of tools to regulate inflation. That cash has dried up. Wow, is my first thought, Bruce. If both parties don't win, it doesn't happen. The Real Look. Trending News. G'day. Today's Wednesday, April 5th. I'm Bruce Hardy. And I'm Chase Williams. And this is the news you need to know. Well, Chase, a uh, federal judge in Illinois has granted class action certification to a major commission lawsuit that could drastically change how agents are compensated across the country. Judge Andrea R. Wood of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois ruled Wednesday that the Merle case, named after its lead plaintiff, had achieved class certification nearly a year after a similar lawsuit known as Sitza Burnett received class certification. Now, plaintiffs in the Merle case filed in 2019 alleged that commission sharing inflates the cost for sellers in violation of the Sherman Act. Now, a ruling against National Association of Realtors and various franchises, including Anywhere, Home Services of America, Remax, and Keller Williams, could actually disrupt the brokerage commissions model across the country. Wood's ruling on Wednesday certifies two classes in 20 MLS markets across the country. In effect, certification opens the door for home sellers who paid a commission between March 6, 2015 and December 31, 2020 to a brokerage affiliated with a corporate defendant listed on a covered MLS and jurisdiction. It also makes eligible current and future owners of residential real estate in the covered jurisdictions or are presently listed or will in the future list their home for sale on a covered MLS. So that means that current and future home sellers could ask to be reimbursed for billions in commissions they paid or will pay to buyer's agents. Wow, that's a mouthful, Chase. So what's going through your mind? Well, let's break that down a little bit, Bruce. One thing, this is a suit that has been around for a while, right? So this allegation is not new. What is new and is a development certainly is the certification for class action, right? The smaller case was already given that. Now this is supposedly the larger case. And so that's definitely news that we want to be talking about. We want to be clear, though, to our listeners that certification for class action has zero to do with whether this would actually, it's not a decision on whether it can move forward or not. It's just the way that it can move forward, right? Who is going to reimburse these billions of dollars in commissions should this ever, big question mark there, become a decision in the plaintiff's favor? Well, I think, Chase, like all lawsuits, right, they'll go for the deepest pockets first, right, which will be the actual franchisors and, of course, the National Association of Realtors, which has been named as well. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to figure out a way to go and pull this money from the pockets of the realtors who actually did the deals. As you and I know, the lion's share of commission does go into the realtor's pocket, right, the actual local realtor serving the client not into the brokerage coffers or even NAR, right? Now, they're not broke, don't get me wrong, and yet that would be potentially a challenge. The other concern I have, Bruce, on the other side of this idea that somehow consumers are being overcharged based on the practices of NAR and local MLSs, I don't believe that's true, but my concern would be if there's a move for buyers to have to pay their own commissions out of their pocket, which is one of the conversation pieces around this suit. There's a risk, in my opinion, that a lot of buyers would end up without representation. 
right? And we've seen that happen in other parts of the world. To me, that's dangerous, right? Like if I can get professional representation, someone that's advocating as my fiduciary on my behalf, and they're being compensated from the seller of the property as a buyer, that's a big win for me. And we know that because a very high percentage of buyers use a real estate agent to purchase a home. It's somewhere like 96, 98%. It moves a little bit every year, but not much. So if that were to change, then one of my concerns would be a whole bunch of buyers out there without professional representation, potentially being taken advantage of by sellers with representation. Yes, I think that's absolutely a risk. I think also, Chase, you know, thinking about second order effects of this, if this were to go through, it will fundamentally change the way we do real estate. Those of us who are in the business working with buyers, we understand you know, buyers are putting every penny they have to get as much house as they can. If the buyer has to come out of pocket to pay the commission to the buyer's agent, it's going to reduce how much they can afford to pay for a home. So will the second order effect be a reduction in values? See, in the current situation, really, the buyers are financing their own buyer brokerage fees, right? What's being paid by the seller is actually coming out of the buyer's pocket because it's included in the sales price. So I I think this is going to be fascinating, regardless of ultimately what happens here. And by the way, this is not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to take a long time, you know, as it winds its way through the courts. But even if it does, it'll go to appeals. Unless there's an injunction requiring immediate action, it'll take a long while before any ruling is final. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's key to remember here, the sellers are not going to get the bulk of that money. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I get notices in the mail every week on some class action lawsuit for a product that I purchased or a service that I purchased. The settlement is going to be $20, right, which is just a a minuscule amount. And what you realize is these are attorneys who are going out and looking to make a big payday from doing these lawsuits, right? They're usually the only ones that win in a lawsuit for the most part. And another question I have, Bruce, is this assumes in some way that sellers, homeowners, don't want to offer commission out to a buyer's agent. And I don't believe that's actually true. And regardless of MLS rules, NAR, et cetera, how would you restrict a seller from offering out some sort of incentive, in this case, a commission to a buyer's agent, if that's what they want to do to sell their house? So I think there's a lot more to come on this, Bruce. I don't have a whole bunch of concern around it myself, but certainly it's a thing and we need to be paying attention to it. Absolutely. Well, Chase, low inventory, and we keep talking about this, is still a massive challenge to the housing market, particularly now as rates are declining. In fact, mortgage rates have declined for the third consecutive week. And of course, that's sparking hope for a good home buyer's spring season. We'll see about that. But while rates have dropped, the housing market has continued to be challenged by these low inventory levels. Do you have any thoughts around that, Chase? Yeah, I think, Bruce, we've seen some building of inventory. I think maybe it moved slightly down week over week, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Very slightly. But overall, it's been up compared to last year. So we have seen some building inventory, although not a lot. So let's be clear, right? Generally speaking, it's still lower than we would like it to be given the demand, even with rates. So that is a challenge. I think, Bruce, if you look at what's happening with rates, and we talk about them coming down over the last couple of weeks, but they're still quite a bit higher than they were this time last year. 
I don't think there's a really good chance that they're coming down significantly anytime in the near future, is my opinion, right? So if anyone out there is waiting for rates to change significantly, right, they're always bumping up and down a little bit. We talk about that kind of like looking at the stock market, right? If you look at it every 10 minutes, you're going to, you know, maybe get dizzy, but I don't see any significant reduction in rates happening anytime soon. The problem that we're having in part with inventory is the functional mortgage rate. In other words, the average mortgage rate of an active mortgage across the board is less than three and a half percent. So you have a bunch of home sellers out there, if I were to guess, even if they're considering selling and they're sitting on a three percent you know, rate on their mortgage, in their head, they're like, well, if I sell now and buy another house, I'm going to be in a six and a half, seven percent mortgage and mine's three. Right. So again, people will still move regardless of rates when the need in their life is high enough. But those that are just considering are taking that rate difference into consideration, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think the volatility of the interest rates is going to continue. Right. I mean, every time a new headline comes out, things change. In fact, what we saw was it was because of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank and First Republic that actually caused mortgage rates to drop. And the reason it did was because investors fled from bank stocks into the bond market. And what we know is it's actually the 10-year treasury bond, the yield is what impacts mortgage rates. What's been fascinating is that the rates have come down over the last three weeks. The last few days, actually, the rates are starting to trend back up again a little bit, right? And that's because with the slowdown in the news around the financial sectors, you're seeing investors now going from bonds back into other options for investment, right? Everybody's chasing the return on their investment. So we're going to see this volatility go. I think the inventory piece, though, is really going to be significant for us as we go into the rest of the year. I know that a lot of realtors are holding their breath, hoping that we're going to see a flood of inventory in the spring market like we would typically do in a normal year. And yet, we are so far behind that even if we do get a pretty significant bump, it's still going to be a deficit. So I think first-time home buyers are definitely still going to be challenged, right? It's going to be those lower price points that are going to be interesting because what we're still seeing is lots and lots of multiple offers in yep. certain price points. Yeah. The luxury market, of course, is a different animal. Absolutely. Quick story to illustrate the point, Bruce. I went and looked at a house yesterday I was interested in purchasing, and it was at kind of at that lower price range in our market. Well, it had only been on the market for a day. I went and looked at it. They'd gotten an offer that morning. And while we were there, there were others looking at it as well. For certain houses in the right price ranges, there is still much more demand than there is supply, like you mentioned. I have a feeling that, like you said, regardless of whatever bump we get from quote unquote spring inventory, inventory is likely to remain low for the short term anyways. FHFA has decided to expand payment deferrals for borrowers facing hardships. In fact, government-sponsored enterprises Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will allow borrowers facing financial hardships to defer up to six months of mortgage payments. The option was previously available for borrowers who fell behind on their mortgage payments due to the financial impacts of COVID-19, but the enterprises will start offering it for those experiencing other eligible hardships. Now, the payment deferrals allow borrowers to keep the same monthly mortgage payment, but actually move past due amounts to the end of the loan. 
So the late payments become a non-interest bearing balance due and payable at maturity, sale, refinance, or payoff. What are your thoughts around this, Chase? Well, I'm not overly surprised, Bruce, and I'll tell you why. I think oftentimes when the government steps in and offers something during time of crisis, right, in this case, COVID-19, and the crisis ends, there's usually not much of an appetite either by the government or the public it was offered to, to end also the support that was offered, right? So this tends to happen over time if you pay attention to history and how the government operates once something's been offered, it's very rare that they actually take it back in this type of case. So I'm not surprised that they're extending it because some of the COVID-19 stuff is set to expire and they would like for it to continue. And I understand why they would, Bruce, because they don't want a whole bunch of defaults and homes going into foreclosure and all the issues that that can cause for anyone, right? They want home ownership to be a safe place, if you will. The good news is, is that the percentage of mortgages that are currently in forbearance, Bruce, is very, very low, less than 1%, and it's actually going down. So there's not a massive problem on a percentage basis to solve here. That's okay. We don't want there to be one to solve. One thing I'm curious about, and the article didn't state specifically, is what they'll consider a hardship and what the application process may or may not look like to be considered for a hardship. The detail of that wasn't in the article we have, but I'm sure we can find that. Yeah. Well, you know, the FHFA estimated that Fannie and Freddie completed more than a million COVID-19 payment deferrals during the pandemic. Their perspective is that expanding to more borrowers will promote sustainable home ownership and will further support the safety and soundness of the enterprises. So, you know, I think about this, Chase, inflation's the real deal. You know, we've talked about this in the past that inflation actually can be one of the greatest threats to democracy. And the reason is, is that inflation impacts different groups differently, Mm -hmm. right? Lower to middle income groups get hit much harder than the upper income groups do. I think this is smart. Why not get ahead of the problem before it becomes a problem? You know, I like to say, kill the monster while it's a baby. (laughs) You know, I mean, rather than wait for it to become a massive issue. I heard an interesting comment the other day, right? The reason that the Fed moved so quickly with the Silicon Valley Bank, right, was usually the first domino to fix is the cheapest. If that domino were to fall and create a run on banks, now what happens is it becomes a tsunami that the cost to get out of is huge. So I think that this is smart. I think it's good. What they're doing here is they're working on expanding their loss mitigation toolkits for buyers facing hardships. And I think that that's a smart move on behalf of the government. Yeah, it'll be interesting, Bruce, in regards to inflation. Like you said, it's not a story we're covering today, but it's a story we've been covering often for obvious reasons. I feel very skeptical that the government can actually pull back on the increases. And the reason is, is that inflation continues to persist and inflation is compounding, right? When we look at the percentage, that's on top of, on top of, on top of. And the cost of goods has just gone up astronomically. That puts pressure on the consumer, right? And in our case, the home buyer or the first-time home buyer. There's no doubt that that is going to be a story we continue to report on as we go along. It impacts a lot of what we're talking about here. And that's the news you need to know. Don't miss this Friday's Northern Lights episode where we'll interview Pam Waldman with Keller Williams Portland Premier in Portland, Oregon. Thanks again for tuning in with us on The Real Look. 
This podcast is produced by Marissa Frost. Visit kwnwr.com to access the show notes from today's episode. Head over to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe to The Real Look. And don't forget to leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of all things real estate.